Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a mom and the founder and chief creative officer of Author Accelerator. I'm Melanie. I'm a mom and a writer, and I'm pitching my first novel. Hi, I'm Abby. I'm a mom and a writer pitching my first middle grades novel. Welcome to Mom Writes. This season is all about the ups and downs of pitching. Join us as we prepare to pitch, weather rejections, change course, and hopefully celebrate getting agented. Mom Writes, as always, is sponsored by Author Accelerator, a book coach certification company. If you're a writer and you've ever been jealous of the amazing coaching experience that Melanie and I have had over the course of the last two hundred and fifty podcast episodes, why not head over to AuthorAccelerator.com, where they'll match you with one of their certified book coaches based on your project and your goals. The matching service is free. Or if you've ever listened to one of our episodes and thought, man, Jenny's job is the dream. I want to help writers bring their books to life. Well, Author Accelerator also trains book coaches in their certification program. They have courses for coaching fiction and nonfiction and a course on the business of book coaching. You can sign up for their free all about book coaching video series at www.bookcoaches.com forward slash ABC. And now buckle up for this emotional roller coaster on season three of Mom Writes as we take on pitching. I have to pitch Alex Shane for no other reason than the sheer amount of time we have spent debating this man on this podcast. Side note, when we recorded these episodes, I hadn't gotten my beta reader feedback yet. Um, it started coming in after we recorded them, and there was one universal thing that I heard from almost every one of the eight or so readers that got back to me, and it was this. We want more Rafferty Tide. Rafferty is a retired pirate rat, and apparently I write excellent pirate rats. Um, everyone wants him to have his own book. I personally don't think pirate rats are boy things or girl things. I think they're like everybody things. But Alec might consider that boy book enough to want me. <laughs> and I think the second book I'm working on now is Pretty Raul Doll too. and I know that's what he's looking for is the next Raul Doll. I think we're a good fit. But all that to say, we spend a lot of time on this episode still figuring out what you want in an agent. We look at the pros and cons of big agencies versus small agencies versus collaborative agencies. Um, there are so many considerations to keep in mind, and Jenny likens it to comparing apples to oranges to kiwis. So welcome back to more pitching prep in today's Mom Writes. How are you doing with all the tasks that I've been giving you and your kids at home and, you know, how's all that? Well, my kids at home are pretty easy at this point because as Lori Richmond says, it's just YouTube till your eyes bleed, which is <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine with me. As I, I did, I stopped Belle the other day and I said, what have you done today? And she looked at me and she said, well, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> that was it. That was all she had done that wasn't YouTube. And so... Um, what are they watching? Minecraft, LD Shadow Lady playing a five-hour Minecraft tower challenge. I don't know. I don't understand it, but it fascinates them. And they watch it. Hmm. So that is, 
That is what they are currently doing. And that is what they are doing anytime I need quiet time. I hand them the iPads and I say, here, go watch LD Shadow, whoever, on YouTube. (laughs) Well, you said that you were really feeling like this is your time. You know, this was the time you finished your book. This is the time to pitch. So you're going to pitch. So I'm doing it. YouTube to your eyes bleed, people. And my my poor husband last night, I was like, I don't know what's going on in your mind right now, but I need you to make some space for me. And so he sat down and he said, what would you like to talk about? And I said, bleh. And I just, I just vomited all this agent information. And he must have felt the same way your parents feel when you come home from middle school because they're like, <laughs> now who is that? Now what, what were they wearing? You know, if that, it was that whole sort of thing. I could tell he was desperately trying to follow the names and the agencies and, you know, who does what and says what. And so last night he did say to me, like, well, what, you know, who are you leaning towards? What are you leaning towards? Because I have some pretty big opinions for you when you're ready. And so his two pieces of advice, and tell me what you, what you think about this. Um, He thinks that one, it would probably be wise to look for these agencies that mostly do middle grades or mostly do kid lit. If that's kind of a weird specialty in, you know, the world, uh, the world of reading. Um, He said, why don't you find someone who knows a lot about kid lit? And I said, that was a fair observation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I think he was he was referring more to some of those agencies like Pippin and Andrea Brown don't they tend to do mostly kid lit well yeah well uh, I don't know Pippin for sure and um now I gotta go pull up your list because I was I was in fact studying the list but um what I want to hear is other piece of advice. <laughs> His other piece of advice was he was intrigued by what you said about Lori McLean and Fuse with the fact that no matter where you go in the writing world, they're there to support you. So the idea of self-pub and hybrid, and those are things that I've said for a long time I'd be interested in, very interested in, but it's not the norm in middle grades. And so... He said, you know, would they be on the lookout for that so that you were positioned to make a move into that portion of the industry as middle grades shifts towards it? Because I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Um, um, well, I mean, there's so much to think about there. One, one thing to think about is it's... I was going to say, it's not like an agent is going to block you from, from self-publishing mm-hmm. or doing something else with another property. If your contract does not bind you, some, some contracts would say, I'm going to represent everything you write. That's very, very unusual. Usually mm-hmm. it's, I'm going to represent this book or this series, right? Mm-hmm. So there, it's not like they're, it's not like, um, well, like my daughter's boyfriend, these are 24-year-olds, um, works at IBM and he has to sign a thing that says anything I, I make, make is yours. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not like that. With the agent, it's 
this, this, I give you the right to represent this book and, or this, if it's part of a series. So if you were to have something you wanted to do that, that wasn't aligned with a traditional publisher or wasn't something agent wanted to be involved with, it, it's not like they would say, you can't do that. And odds are good that in this day and age, they're not going to say, I don't recommend that. Uh, they, they might have before when it was sketchy, when it was kind of a fringe thing, you know? So that's one thing to say. A, a good agent is going to want you to have a good career in all ways. But that being said, if, if they're not representing part of it, you know, what tends to happen with people who self-publish and do really, really well, um, like, who could we think of? Um, Joanna Penn or... Well, no, because she has not gone to a traditional publisher, I don't think. She's... Oh. days. But what, what sometimes happens on the fiction side, I mean, is um, the... If, if, they, if a self-publishing writer does really well, they'll go get a traditional publishing deal to have the distribution and, you know, all that sort of thing. But they'll retain, like, ebook rights or or, you know certain rights like they only sell a very narrow um so that's exactly what my friend ruth does she's a romance writer she has a contract i think she puts out two books a year with um montlake which is a traditional publisher but it's it's a mostly amazon i think they do mostly ebooks but they they push her and then she actually puts out two or three books a year herself and self-pubs them. And she's very savvy with it because, and I think it's, it's I always kind of attribute that to a romance writer thing. The romance writers seem very savvy um, when it comes to how you work the system and, and everything plays nice and they play nice with each other and have chapters in the back of each other's books to help promote books. But she does use her traditional contract with Montlake to support then her other series that she self pubs. Yeah. So the same thing with Serena Bowen, who I know you've met, mm-hmm. you were with me when I met her. She said, um, I mean, she is a mega star in the romance world as well. And I think she told me at the time that 90% of her income comes from self-publishing. So, um, but that, that, that all being said, so, so what we were talking about the other day is you never know what you're going to want to write or what's going to happen or where you're going to place it. And, you know, you want to be able to do to do what you want to do. It reminds me of, this is a weird analogy, but it reminds me of, um, so I have, I'm a migraine sufferer. And the reason I'm talking about it so much is it's been really bad lately. So I've been seeing a lot of doctors. I've been doing a lot of thinking. I've been whatever. And I have gotten the most relief and, and help and healing from alternative medicine. So from chiropractors, acupuncturists, that, you know, that whole realm and I don't want to go to a doctor, an MD, who's going to say, that's crazy and, and you're wackadoodle because that's going to make me feel bad. It's not helpful. These things are helping me. I want to go to a doctor who's going to say, okay, interesting. Let me hear what you're doing. Let me hear how it's working. I want to look at some of those 
weird herb concoctions. Let's make sure that they're, I think they're okay. You know, like mm-hmm. what's going to work with what I have chosen as my path because it, so it's very similar. You want an agent who's not going to say, well, if you self-publish, that's the end of your career, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, well, if you um, leap into adult and write some comic book, that's going to totally derail your middle grade. You know, you know, you want someone who's going to say, I love all your ideas and love all the things. And here's the path, the paths I can help you walk. And if you walk these other paths, this is what that might look like. So it's, you know, it's a conversation that you want to have. And so this is what I was talking about before that you get to choose. You're in the choosing position. And when you get to a conversation with an agent, these are the things you want to say is Mm -hmm. I have a million ideas. I might want to do a collaboration with someone. I might want to do uh, a picture book. I might want to do an adult thing. I, you know, and I know you might not re- represent all those things, but how, what are your thoughts about those things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the one thing to say, but the other thing to say that's unique, I think about, well, grades, grade books, aimed at grade school, middle grades, and to a certain extent, YA, but not as much is you can't go straight to your reader. It's mm-hmm. creepy to go straight to your reader because your reader mm-hmm. is not, well, they're hanging out on YouTube apparently, but. Right, watching as a shadow lady. <laughs> but, you know, you as a writer, connecting with your reader is is not, the, it, it's done through institutions usually. They gather children, so libraries and um, schools and clubs or, you know, different things. So, it's, I don't know, I sort of feel like, and this, this opinion comes from, I have no evidence or data to support what I'm saying. I'm just saying it, but I feel like it's going to be some of the last people to have really big, excuse me, really big self-publishing because of that. Cause like, how do you reach your reader? You know? I mean, I think, I think that things will eventually change. And I want an agent who's on the lookout for when it happens. I mean, I think we're naive if we think middle grades will always stay the same, always stay traditionally published. There will be someone who figures out a way, like Sean last night, who was convinced he had solved the whole middle grade self-pub problem with an app. Um, <laughs> But there's there's going to be something that that no one's thought of yet that's going to somehow come along and change the industry. And I think the pandemic could very well play a part in that because look at the way children's learning and schooling is changing quickly. And I think the publishing industry will have to, in some ways, follow suit because if they follow the schools, they have to follow schools. You know, suit. I mean, how are school libraries going to change because of the pandemic? You know, how right. are are we going to have more eBooks at school that the kids, you know, are, sure. are reading yeah. and passing around. And, and so I think, you know, I, I'm just, I think I'm aware of it and I'm aware of it before it happens, which is unusual. Usually I'm late to the party for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm watching for it. And I want an agent who's also watching for it because I'm not afraid of, self-publishing. I'm not afraid of putting myself out there. I'm not afraid of doing the work. I'm not afraid of being part of that world. 
Um, and just because my genre isn't there yet, when it does start to move in the, when the wave moves in that direction, I'm ready to ride it. And so I just, I think that's something that I want is, is someone who's watching the way the industry is changing. And I think that was part of the reason. Well, and so if you look at an agency and I guess this is a, this could go either way because when you have an agency that just deals with children, I would like to think they are watching very closely to see what's happening in publishing just for children. And they would be aware maybe perhaps before an agent who's part of a bigger agency that, you know, they cover everything, they might start hearing self-pub with middle grades and, and it not even register for them because they're used to it. You know, they, that's, that's already the waters in which they swim. And so, you know, I don't know, is it better or is it worse? Because then maybe people who just rep children's if middle grade is really digging in their heels, you know, they might be fighting it too. So. Well, it's interesting because the publishing industry is um, traditionally really slow moving and slow to change. So, you know, there've been some, um, a lot of the innovations that have happened with self-publishing, with even production and distribution, um, you know, even apps like BookBub that are book discovery tools um, that have not come from the industry. They, they, they've come from, from outside. outside. And the industry sort of was scrambling to, to keep up. Even what I do, like book coaching, is a thing that happened because the industry was no longer nurturing writers in the way it used to or that, you know, it just didn't have a room or space anymore for that. And here was a thing an opportunity, you know, so even, even book coaching is that, you know, because a thing that happened because publishing was slow to change. So that's the first thing to say. I mean, the second thing to say is it's just all made up of people and all the people, Mm -hmm. uh, like you just have said, have just experienced are still experiencing on this world global shock. And, um, you know, change is going to come. And, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, you're very wise to think like that. And, and my saying, you know, it's the last to go. I, like I said, it's not based on anything other than just that, that thinking through how do you reach your reader? Okay. But all that being said, what, what you're circling around is what every writer should circle around is what you're looking for in an agent. And The thing about the agencies, you know, like you're saying, an agency that specializes in a certain genre. Um, So, you know, you want to look at the pros and cons of that. And there's a lot of pros. Um, But one of the things you have to look at, there are different kinds of big agencies. Like there's some big agencies where the agents are um, islands unto themselves. and, And then they have support resources like, um, foreign rights or sub rights kind of, um, people, but the, but the agents don't, um, walk around collaborating and sharing with the 20 other agents, you know, so that, Mm -hmm. um, 
but then there's other agencies like the Jill um, Greenberg. Uh, mm-hmm. That was on my list. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that they, um, you, you know, they say flat out, we are super collaborative with each other. We bounce things off each other. Um, I know my agent um, at the book group that was they formed themselves in to work in that collaborative way and to help each other and um, work with each other and lean on each other. So every agency is going to have a slightly different bend that way. So um, like what I'm trying to look at on your, on your spreadsheet is um, shoot, I just lost it again. Oh, here it is. Um, So the Jill Greenberg agency is um, that sort of, it's clearly collaborative because that's what they state. Alec um, Shane, who we talked about at Writer's mm-hmm. House, um, you know, Writer's House is one of the biggest in terms of numbers of agent agencies. Um, I don't know. I don't know about their collaborativeness or how that works, um, you know, or what the benefits of it are. Um you know, like, we don't know, do the, does, does the agent that, um, like you're, let's, let's pretend there's an agency that's like, all we do is middle grades. Do they have a meeting every week about the state of the industry and, you know, what should we be looking for? Or are they just so busy that they're just trying to get through their pages? Like, we don't know, you know? And tread water. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so I think at the end of the day, it's almost like knowing that whoever you pick, you can leave. Yeah. If you don't like and try again, yeah. um, you know, that, I guess that was a thought that hadn't really occurred to me. I think, I think being a green writer, you have misconceptions about how a lot of things work and the idea of just having an agent period is so exciting that I think in your brain, you think, well, I'm just going to grab on and I'm going to hang on like, right. And know, it's as like, long as I can, like desperate. And, but that's not really healthy probably to think about the world like that. Um, I mean, you know, agents let writers down probably in equal measure to writers letting agents down and those relationships fail just as much as any other business relationship. Um, you don't want to enter into it thinking, I'm going to leave you if you're, if you're not good to me, you know? Yeah. Well, think about how hard it is to leave your hairdresser. I mean, seriously. They just cut your hair and it grows in like four weeks. And so it's like not a big deal. I mean, you just don't go back. You just don't make an appointment and you just (laughs) quietly like disappear from their lives, but yet we don't feel like we can. And so I think about, well, geez, you'd actually, you'd actually have to send a breakup text message probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> is there a paper well, you would have to sign? Like, yeah, what? no, it's, it's yeah. in the contract. There, it'll be in the contract that you have to give X number of days notice. And, and, you know, they will always get the, um, uh, percentage from that property mm-hmm. that they sold. So it's, it's not like you can never not speak to them again, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, so the kinds of things you're talking about and thinking about, it's really good thinking because this is the kind of conversation you want to have with the agent and you want to hear how they react and what they say. And, 
um, you know, if you have this conversation and they're like, don't be silly. The, the publishing industry is going to go back to traditional and all those silly little self-published writers will fall in line. You know, you're going to be like, whoa, okay. Um, thanks. You know, like it's, that's, I, I mean, that was an extreme sort of ridiculous character, <laughs> characterization, but you're looking at big agencies and small agencies, specialist agencies and, and not, um, you know, people that, that state they'll help writers in, in all the different ways of publishing and people who don't say that, but, you know, like, again, I was studying your top picks so that I could know what I was talking about. And, um, on the Jill Grinberg site, I mean, they make it sound like we are here for our writers mm-hmm. in um, all the ways we want to, ha- you know, we want to help build careers. So they said our relationship, reading off their website, mm-hmm. our relationship with our authors transcends any one book. It is about the way the write, they write, the way their mind works, their particular passions and perspectives we enter into partnerships with our authors from this place of deep connection and with the conviction that we can expertly champion their work over the course of their career. That sounds to me like whatever you come up with in your crazy brain, we're going to help you get behind. They're I mean, the one that has the kind of the manifesto, right? Laid out. I really liked that. Yeah, no, I did too. Um, it, it's a really nice presentation of their beliefs and such. So, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're drawn to that type of a thing. Um, they even describe themselves as a tight-knit agency with fluidity between departments. We're in an ongoing dialogue about every book and author we represent. Our authors benefit from the dedicated representation of their individual agent backed by the combined strengths of the team. So they're really saying we we work in a team collaborative way. Um, so so what's hard about the decision about who to pitch and what you're looking for and all of that is you're kind of comparing apples and oranges and kiwis, you know, <laughs> like because it's there. It, it's all and I and I like the way you're thinking because the mistake most beginning writers make is they're just, all they see is like agent. I want an agent. That is what I want. And they don't think about kind of agent. How would you like to work with them? What would you like them to do for you? What powers and strengths would you like them to have? What kind of a business relationship do you want to have? You know, what do you need from this? What, you know, all of those elements break it down instead of just instead of just this monolithic thing, it's, it's like, no, you're looking for something very specific and particular to help, help you with your career. It's really smart thinking. So I, I, I like it, but, but it's not going to be, um, the comparisons are, are tricky. Does that make yeah. sense? And it's, it's hard because one might have, like, no one seems to have every single one of those things that I want. So like Sean said to me, describe your perfect agent. And I said, well, I know she doesn't exist. And this is why. I said, she's going to look like my grandma. (laughs) But the big wigs at the publishing company are all going to whisper her name and Mm -hmm. shudder in fear because she's the one who's like a total, like, 
tough as nails, walks into the boardroom. She lays down her terms on the table. You know, some guy on the other side gets up to counter her terms and she just looks at him and they just sit down and give her what she wants. Like, that's what I want. Like, they all think she's killed a man. So everyone steers clear of her in the hallway, you know. But really, when it comes to the writers, she's like your grandma. She's like, oh, don't worry, honey. I'm going to take care of this for you, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Abby, this is amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, but doesn't exist, right? I mean... <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. You know, age, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Writers. Writers adore their agents for very good reason. And you can see in the back of any book, any writer in their acknowledgments, you know, thanking people, they're usually gushiest about their agents. And and there's a reason for that. That, that, you know, they're an amazing person in the writer's life. So, you know, the sort of what you're looking like for might exist. So, you know, <laughs> you'll see. I, I, I'm i sad for the the young spry. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, you don't look like a grandma, so no. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. <laughs> you're um, you know, well, some... The... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say some writers want a man or a woman like that that's important to them for various reasons um they want a small agency or a large you know there's like everybody has their opinions and um and that's and that's as it should be as long as the they're well informed right opinions Mm -hmm. Um, i mean sadly enough the thing that just might knock alex shane off the list is that he has a penis and so i mean it's (laughs) Poor Alec. He doesn't even know we're talking about it behind his back. Sorry. Sorry. But no, I've always been drawn more towards women. I want women doctors, you know, women friends. It's, I I feel like I connect easier. I feel like they'd understand me easier. Um, I think my fear with Alec Shane would be if he tends to rep a lot of boy books and I don't really want to write boy, you know, boy books will, you know, I sort of end up down a path that maybe I don't want because it's something he thinks he can sell. I don't know. I don't think I'm that impressionable. I'll throw that out there. But Also, I don't think, so I want to dispel a myth. I don't think that the agents sit around going, Abby, if you write shark a Sharknado series, I could sell the crap out of that. You know, I think it's more what what when you see on their wish list or what they want or what they're looking for, mm-hmm. it's more because like you have to think about what their lives are. So their lives are they're meeting with editors at publishing houses all over the city and and the editors are saying like, wow, we're really seeing these kind of books sell or these kind of books move or these kind of books get big advances and you know the trends and the sales and the thing and you know they're having these conversations with the agents and you know the editors are probably saying to the agents um well I the one that always sticks in my mind because I thought it was so hilariously specific I remember one time I saw um an an agent saying you know bring me your um 
Spanish language alphabet books. Or no, actually it was the opposite. Do not pitch me Spanish language alphabet books. No more. <laughs> it's like, well, no, no loss. <laughs> I know, right? I just imagine an agent calling me up and saying, hey, llamas are hot right now. Give me something with llamas in it, you know? And then you feel like you're scrambling, but no, that's not really no. how it works, right? No, 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 no. Not how it works. Not ever in my experience, I should say, in 30 years of publishing, have I heard that. It it might be a conversation um, <laughs> just because... Okay, I guess what I'm, I guess what I, I guess I should back up. There are people that do that. They're called packagers. So there's mm-hmm. packagers who put together like, and I know very little about them. So I may even be misspeaking, but it, they, they're the ones that like, I'm going to find a writer. I'm going to find an illustrator. I'm going to put together this thing. I'm going to make this, crank this book out. And, and that's different from what you're doing. And it's going to come with swag. Yes. Generally, that's how I think about it. And it's going to come with swag. Yes, what you're what what an agent is doing is representing what comes out of your brain. Now, if you sit down and you say, Alec, and he's your agent, um, I got these two ideas that won't let me go. One's llamas and the other's um, you know Sharknado. Sharknado, and then we got a, a fairy princess in Neverland thing, you know, and I, I'm I'm just burning to write these and, and which do you think I should write next? They might, you know, he, he might well say, I would go for llamas because you just wrote uh, whatever and llamas will follow really well from that. And then we can build Sharknado on top. You know, they'll do that mm-hmm. type of thing, but it's not, they're not going to say, Abby, bring me the llamas. They're not going <laughs> to do that. Yeah, they're not going to do that. He's not going to say, you know, you should really tweak all your books a little bit more boy forward. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. They... They might, they might say, um, okay, you've got this series plan, like Babysitter's Club. You know, are all the babysitters going to be girls in this new iteration? Or mm-hmm. are we going to have some boy babysitters to bring in that readership? They're going to have that conversation, but, but it's not going to be like, um, you know what I mean? So yeah. don't, don't be afraid of that. Um, I'm worried that we're out of time. Should we, should we say we? The, the cliffhanger opinions that Abby's going to give for the next episode? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We're going to make people wait a whole other, I'm dying to know. What are you, should we wait? We'll wait. Ah, okay. Uh, your, your husband's opinions, you know, cost us a lot of time. I know. It's, I try, he costs me a lot of time every day. Once he opens his mouth, I'm in for an hour, so. Well, you know, I usually caution people against talking to their families and loved ones about their writing and publishing careers because they do often have really strong opinions and it's like, what's that based on? But Sean Sean gets a pass because he's smart and engaged and paying attention. And I love the middle grades app idea. There we go. See, he's solving world problems left and right. So there you go. Thanks, Sean. Uh, We'll come back and hear your opinions next episode. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.